Hey guys, it's Tats here from Castagra, and welcome to the Specified Growth Podcast. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and codings industry. Today's guest is Matt Abels. He's the Vice President of Construction Technology and Innovation at the Associated Builders and Contractors. All right, Matt, thanks yeah. for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> so yeah, we've, we've got, gone back and forth and we finally have you on. And I guess, <laughs> the, the <laughs> I love your hat. Thank uh, you, your, thank the, you. Your, your backdrop really works. Really well. Is that sort of? Uh, do you have a lighting set up too, so you don't sort of halo, halo out with the, with the back? Give me one second. How's that? Good. No, it was more of a question. Do you? Do you, do you it oh, sounds, no. I think you have a, a, a lighting a backdrop or something because it comes off really clean. Oh no! I just, we have a good design team. Yeah. We have a good design team that put this together and, you know, I'm on Zoom calls all day. So I got to have different backgrounds, wallpapers and all, all that good stuff as, as long as I can't meet people in, you know, fancy offices anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, we should do ours too. So that's perfect. Now, when I look at your background, I think you started in the consulting side, correct? So for construction or just my career in general? Yeah, just your career in general. Did you start on sort of the management consulting side? I did. So I went career-wise, I actually, my background and interests have always been in the building industry, mm. but it started more in real estate. I did, I did a lot of real estate when I came out of college. I ran a family office where I was investing in developments, investing in real estate, construction projects, even technology. And you know, as a family office, we did some outliers like investing in different food chains and even looking into things like energy drinks at the time in 2008 was a pop was a popular thing but most of it was real estate and construction investments and you know in 2008 running a family office for the time who was my mentor Michael Silver it was awesome i got to work for he was the entrepreneur of the year nationally and he had sold his business equus we got to see a lot of things at a, you know, I got to see a lot of things at a young age in 2008. The problem was the economy just tanked in 2008. So I was there for a couple of years, but 2008, 2009, 2010, you know, I was there for a little bit, but once the economy kind of hit hard, I went to, to your point, the management consulting side. I went over, I did some work with some of the big companies with PricewaterhouseCoopers, RSM McGladry, but ultimately I wanted to come back to the building industry. That was where my passion is. That was what I enjoyed doing. And back in, so in 2014, when I was looking to make a big change, there was, I started Built Worlds in 2014. My partner and I, who knew each other, really met at the gym in Chicago. We had, we, we had uh, kind of come up with, I mean, really, it, the idea was that there was a big gap in 2014 of technology in the building trades being, you know, mainly construction, construction, real estate, architecture, whatever you want to call it. The building industry, even the, the construction industry alone is a $10 trillion industry. And it's about as innovative as hunting. So there was a bit, there's a big gap there. And no one was talking about this in 2014. And what started as, 
let's be a research company to help these companies on a one-off basis understand technology came into and talking with many contractors and real estate professionals that it wasn't that they wanted someone's help to with technologies, that there was just a clear lack of people didn't know what they didn't know. And the light bulb kind of went off that this is a bigger problem industry-wide. So we hired a journalist and we started at the time it was a blog. We made a big newsletter, hired researchers, had hosted events and back in, and we even did a CEO summit every year. Bring the idea of bringing construction associations, construction CEOs, and technology founders together was was very new in 2014. Now it's kind of the norm, but we were. I like to think we were pioneers in bringing that group together who we knew needed to collaborate. And now many of the people we brought to the stage together, those tech companies have raised a lot of money. There, all these groups are now getting together, working together, and. We've got a ways to go, but as an industry, we've made a lot of strides. And background-wise, so anyway, so Built Worlds is still around. I'm not involved. I left about two years ago. I was one of the co-founders in 2014. Left a couple of years ago to start. I started, you know, I, it, the long story, the short version is I did something entrepreneurial in the education space with, with a guy who I, uh, in Chicago, named Brad Keywell. He was, you know, he started Groupon, Tempest. He and I worked on, you know, something that was for the education space. And, you know, ultimately it was was better built as a non-for-profit. When I decided I wanted to go back to construction, the industry again that I love, I looked at everything I love doing. I love working with the tech community. I love educating. And I love helping contractors understand the tools and technologies that can help them do things better. Because I think we haven't even scratched the surface of what this industry can do. And I also think that, you know, we need to do a better job of getting the younger generation excited about construction. So ABC, who I've had had the pleasure of working with in the past, there was, I think there was a need. They have 22,000 contractor members and their their Merit Shop Association is 22,000 members their role is to help all of these contractors win work, do it safely, and do it ethically. And they've got one of the largest, if not the largest, construction association in the United States. They, um, different from other associations, the majority of that association is small and mid-sized contractors. Well, the majority of contractors in the U.S. are small and mid-sized contractors. The bigger ones may be using more technology, but the small and mid-sized contractors is where impact is created. And I came to ABC to help with that effort, to help make, help make and help make strides for the small mid-sized contractors to do things better through technology and innovation, helping with the things I mentioned. Winning work, profitability, doing things safer, doing things ethically. And yeah, I think our three, three of our core objectives are to educate, to innovate and collaborate, to educate the contractors and our 69 chapters across the U.S. to help them innovate, to take steps towards doing that. Now, that may be for one company, it may be digitizing their timing in and timing out process. And for one company, it may be exploring opportunities in virtual reality. But have, helping those companies innovate one step better, that's one of the big things. And then collaborating with the technology community. Hmm. I don't believe that you can make impact if you're not working with the tech community at large. So that's what we've done. And was interesting. I started with the Associated Builders and Contractors, ABC, 
on March 9th and the national stay at home order happened March 11th. So it's been kind of crazy, but it is exciting. We've made, uh, even with the pandemic, we've made a lot of strides. And during that time, it's, I mean, it just has got me so much more excited about what can be done. So yeah, anyway, for, that's a little for, about my background and where I've kind of come, but yeah, it's, it, we, we have a lot of work to do as an industry, but we are making strides. Yeah. So just uh, listening to your story and your background, I think you've spent a lot of time sort of initiating change within the industry context or within organizational context. What do you think some of the keys of, of doing that are? In implementing change to the small and mid-sized contractors? Sure. Like, let, let's let's uh, focus on that problem. Like, how do you tackle that? I mean, do you look for early adopters? Like, how do you build critical mass around a change management program like that? It doesn't happen overnight. And I think what you have to do is you have to understand what the problems are. I mean, we are in serving, in serving our members. I've gotten a sense of, of what the problems that we need to solve are because it's more than just understanding, you know, small mid-sized contractors. I think there's a lot of people don't know what they don't know. But what's happening is you've got a very crowded marketplace of multiple technologies. And what I don't want is people to, to be searching blindly. I want them to search for the right tools, the right technologies, and not just buy what Google ads tells them to buy because they spent <laughs> the money on it. And look, these tech companies are very savvy. They know how to get in front of the right people, but you don't make your business better by buying a good technology. There's implementation, there's buy-in as a culture. So the first step in that is really understanding what is the problem we're trying to solve. You know, and I, I mentioned some of those things, but I think that is still a minor cough because the coronavirus is a lingering effect. But that's a, that's a big part of it is understand the problems and also working through the things that we excel at. We have a world-class safety program and one of the ways to enhance that is to incorporate technology into that. We have a world-class workforce development program. We even just got recognized by the White House as one of uh, you know nine, one of nine organizations that has. I am. Oh my God, this is going to bother me. I'm going to forget the name of the award, but I'm going to look it up because it's killing me. <laughs> we, we were the only construction association. But, you know, we, uh, we had trained 1.2 million workers and we have invested a lot of time, resources and efforts to make that happen. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was a big deal. The Pledge to America's Workforce. So we, we were the one construction association to do it. The only other association I think that received an award was the, one of the hotel associations and the other seven were large companies. But we did that through investing $1.5 billion to provide 1.1 million course attendees to improve their skills in craft, leadership, and safety education. Mm. So, so anyway, point being, technology has even been helping amplify those types of efforts. Yeah, for and, sure. So I guess you surveyed, you identified some higher level things. Maybe you talked about profitability, labor, and, and many, many different things like that. Let's say you've identified a problem that you want to solve. As a owner of one of these small to medium sized, how would you go about sort of vendors qualifying them? Like, do you feel like the organization needs to be up on the curve to a certain extent to be able to evaluate these? Or, or they can sort of run just sort of standard vendor qualification process to figure it out? So 
Do you mean like how do we decide what technologies to work with and collaborate? Yeah, like for instance, like you know, we want to solve a problem for X, right? Invoicing, yeah. estimates, whatever. Like, okay, boom, 20, 20 companies show up. How how does a contracting company or or construction company sort of deal with that and sift through all that? How would you think that through? I think for the association for us in and I'm just take, taking this from step one. There's a lot of great technologies and tools out there. For me, step one was let's find there are specific categories that we focus on that our members have mentioned that they want help with, that being safety technology, project management, site monitoring. So I've, I've built what's, uh, what's called a technology alliance, which is 13 companies we work collaboratively with. And those companies, they fit product categories that we were asked to help solve with our different members. And the other thing is, these are not companies who are sponsors, they're partners of ours. They're groups that are helping us build technology education, giving exclusive opportunities, if not free opportunities to, to our members, to our chapters. We do a big effort on helping young professionals get excited about this industry and grow their career. This group is, is helping amplify that effort, effort, again, by giving free education free technology or discounted technology opportunities. And this is a group that is actively on our committees involved in the process. So it was finding not just the right technology, but the right partners who have the right mindset to help the industry. And as a byproduct, if they help the industry, then they'll bear some of the fruits with that. But to your point, how do you vet that? We've got a big committee that's involved in that process, making sure that any company we partner with is heavily vetted, talked about, making sure they solve the problems that we need to solve. And it's not just those 13 companies. We work with many tech companies, but there's, those are the 13 that we partner with throughout the year. And, but again, it's a starting point. We want to make sure that people have a good point of reference and to give some benefit to them as well. So, Yeah, so let's go to the other side of the coin. If, if you were giving advice to technology companies, because you want to attract sort of these new companies and and sort of younger people to industry, what tips would you give these companies that have no experience in the construction or the building materials industry that are coming in to try to solve problems in that industry? What would you tell them so that they they go in and they're successful and they can engage? What what advice could you give them? You've got 95% of the construction industry I would say is really is really that mid and small size contractor, and most people are focused on the top five percent or the E and R four hundred. I think everyone forgets about this: the fact that most of the construction industry is small to mid sized contractors, and most of them employ less than a couple hundred people. So my advice would be: look at where everyone's not. Look at where there is that. That's a huge opportunity. But what is happening where companies are? I don't want to say failing, but you know what's happening is many companies are talking to the top couple hundred companies, which are big. They have big budgets. They've got multiple people, but that is a very long sales cycle process. What happens is many companies put their A-plus teams on those guys, which I understand, but putting some all-stars to focus on the small mid-sized contractors and focus on that group that is going to rise with the tide. They are getting more innovative over time. That's where there's a big opportunity. And as a new tech company, or even some of the established ones, my biggest advice would be 
don't forget about the small mid-sized guys. They do want to be innovative. Yes, they they may, you know, some of them may not have virtual design, you know, multiple virtual design managers or chief innovation officers, but in many cases, you're going to talk with the CEO. And there's a there's an opportunity there for for tech companies that I don't think they're seeing. And we are we are grow, we are growing and becoming a more innovative industry. It has taken time. We have work to do, but I think there's a big opportunity there that many tech companies are are missing or not even looking at. So that'd be mm. that would be my advice. And separately, when if as a tech company building materials company, hire your guys who have experience in the field. It's going to help you much longer. I feel like in talking to many tech companies and working with the tech community for years in construction. Success happens with the guys who represent the industry and can talk about the industry well. This is a very transparent, cutthroat, black and white industry that will t- that will tell you how they feel. And I think people can can see through if you're if you know the industry or if you don't. So, anyway, yeah, yeah, it goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've asked this question before, and one of the ones I did get was that you know if you're an outsider coming in like you just touched touched on it right now is hire people that can guide you or on the ground and also prove to the industry that you're here to stay and that you're not just going out to make a buck and and just kind of leaving or just kind of staying at that level so i've heard that as well yeah it's uh you can't and i've seen this you can't take someone from who's been successful and have a has a career in healthcare sales. I've seen it happen in companies. I see one company brought, you know, brought someone on in that regard to help lead sales efforts and it failed because he couldn't speak the language. If you can't speak the language, people can see through that and you really need to build trust. You need to build trust, you need to build relationships. This industry even on the tech side of things, there it's very much a hand-to-hand combat industry in that you need to go out and meet these people and spend time with them and understand their problems and and build trust. That's not that's not an easy thing to do, but it is important for this industry. Um, so to your point on just making a buck, yeah, people want to know you're here for the better of the industry, the better of their company, and building and building trust goes a very long way. And I think that you know goes beyond this industry, but especially in this industry. Yeah, so I think going forward, I think you touched on it uh, a little bit, but the next five or 10 years, what are the the key trends that you think are going to be sort of accelerated or or exciting new things that we're going to see going forward? You know, I think I always focus, so when I do presentations, I focus on what's happening now. What are the technologies that are impacting the industry today, not what's going to happen five years down the road? Because I, I just think, like I said, my, my job is to create mass impact. So when I look at what are many of the companies going to be doing, I think many companies are going to be more digitizing their processes, digitizing how they, how they manage their safety efforts, digitizing how they do, I mean, simple things like a CRM. Uh, many, many small contractors don't have a CRM service. They have the email box of the owner. But what happens if the owner gets hit by a car, God forbid, the business is going to falter. I mean, there are very basic things we need to do that other industries are, are, are doing. Digitizing things like timing in and timing out. We need to appeal to the next generation of contractors because what's going to happen is these guys who are the generation that grew up on smart devices, and look, 
I have a two-year-old who can scroll through Disney better than my own grandmother or my own mother, his grandmother. And that's the next generation coming into this industry. They are not going to go to a company that has fax machines and carbon paper in their office when they walk in the door. So I think there are little things we need to do to digitize more processes as one step. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of solutions out there. And one thing that is, uh, I don't know, it is a perception, but is not that, it, that I don't agree with. A lot of small mid-sized contractors are scared of technology because they think it's expensive and overbearing. It's not the case. They're just not, they need to be aware of what are those free and cheaper solutions that can help them in a big way that are a little more intuitive. And I think you're going to see a, a culture change in that, what I call dual education. You're going to see the veteran contractors teaching the younger contractors about the trades and the younger contractors um, or the newer contractors teaching the seasoned professionals about technology that can help amplify the things they've done for so many years the same way for so many years. Well, that dual education has worked in many companies and I'm seeing more of it. Well, wonderful. I guess, would it be sort of like mentorship in both directions? Yes, exactly. Wonderful. I love that concept. I see more of that. And data is being used more and more. A lot of companies are tracking things like tracking tools, tracking equipment, tracking people. You're going to see more of that, which is going to allow people to, again, maximize their profit margins, understand where the productivity is, being able to see their gaps. Construction, in many ways, for years has profited off of inefficiencies. I think we are now using data to make sure, and the demand is coming from the owner side. We're using data to make sure that we're doing things more efficiently. And I'm seeing that as a big trend going forward. You know, look, I'd like to say that we're going to see more robotics in five years, but we're not. You're, you're going to see that on some job sites. But if I, I can't sit here and tell you that 20% of job sites in America are going to have robots on it. It's not <laughs> going to happen. There are robotics being used on job sites and they have a good function. There are bricklaying robots that have not taken jobs, which is a, a big misconception. They've made jobs smarter and they've helped job sites, but we are not at a point where that is going to happen on this big percentage of projects. It is happening. It is helping. I think we're, you know, you're going to see more companies focused on better data and it's going to be, and that's where you're going to see the trend. Better data and digitizing processes is what you'll see in the next five years. But some of the stuff that I don't want to say wizardry, but that's good. That's a little more out there and exciting. I think we have a ways to go. Um, yeah. We're doing a lot more. The other big trend is prefab. We're doing a lot more in the pre in the prefab space than ever before. That is a trend that is not going away, and it's it's becoming you know a way of the industry. But you know, again, it's I think it's uh, some of these things that people might on the outside seem very excited about, like augmented reality, virtual reality, three D printing, robotics. We have some work to do there while this is happening. Personally. I don't see three three D printing changing building. I don't. I don't think we're. I don't think we're at a point where I could say in five years we're going to start printing printing twenty story high rises. We are. There's printing of small homes. That's not happening at a mass scale. And I think it's a while before we before we get there. But I don't. That I'm excited. You know, I, the data stuff excites me. And my biggest thing, or one of the biggest things I want to do, is appeal to the next generation to bring more innovative and smart and smart minds to construction because it is an exciting industry and it is changing. And that's, you know, to me, that's, that's an opportunity. Someone, 
So let me give you another perspective. Sure. Someone who is a video game developer who goes to a gaming company in Los Angeles, he, you know, he'll be, he'll be good. He'll have a good career. He'll be, you know, he'd be more of a, a lemming in that, in that type of setting where that person can come to construction and really excel quickly because there is an opportunity there. There is an interest. And I think when we open up light to that, I think you're going to see more talent coming, you know, coming this way. Mm, That makes sense. I mean, you can, you can go to a, a saturated sort of ultra competitive area and be sort of one of many, or you can go to a, a market in which there's less of that talent and you can be a leader right out the gate or early on. So that's what you're saying. Exactly. Perfect. So to sum it up, focus on some fundamentals, right? Get those right, execute, less ideas, more execution. And then sort of, although the, the shiny objects that are talked about in the media are interesting in terms of the impact on the average small to medium-sized companies, you're really not going to see it for a long time. So stick to the fundamentals and improve your business. Something like that? Yeah. And in fundamentals, you know, something goes beyond that. I think for, for me, the construction industry is getting safer and safer, but, but we've got work to do. I mean, I haven't done this, but I can tell you from talking to people, you never want to be the company who has to call a family member who has been severely hurt or, or, or died on a job site. And to make our job site safer, I mean, it's, that is something that is worth investing in. It is something the industry is investing in. And it is something where, personally, I'd like technology to help improve those numbers in a significant way. That, that is one of the largest things that we're, that we're focused on right now as an association. Wonderful. Awesome. Let's just sort of uh, wrap it off with one last question. Yeah. What's sort of um, either the best piece of advice you got or any advice that you give to your younger self? So what, what sort of thing do you find that you're, you most sort of commonly tell to other people in terms of general advice? In my career, and yeah. this, is, this is where I am back in construction in a place I, in a place I love working with an awesome group of people. You are going to be most successful if you're doing something you're passionate about. Don't worry about some of the other things. And I know we live in a world where the next generation doesn't have loyalty is not the word, but you don't, you don't see as many people talk, you know, graduating school, going to a PWC and staying there for 20 years. But what is going to happen is I still believe that people are most successful at the things they're most passionate about. And the best advice I could give someone is find your passion. The rest of the stuff will come. Find what you're passionate about and be willing to go out of your comfort zone. Be willing to take chances. I know that sounds cliche, but it's so true. It goes such a long way. And there's, I mean, nothing substitutes hard work. I think if you're passionate and driven, anything is possible, but you really have to find what you're passionate about. Otherwise, it's only going to take you so far. And I, I'll be the first to tell you, I spent over two years at PricewaterhouseCoopers younger in my career. And I learned a lot as working in a big company environment, learned a lot about management communications with people, but I wasn't passionate about the work I was doing. Quite honestly, I, I was, 
I was probably more passionate about my loyalty points because I was traveling all the time. <laughs> you know, you know, and that and that was ultimately why that wasn't that wasn't for me. It's great to have a million Marriott points in uh, United Air, or American Airlines points, but for me, it wasn't. Uh, I didn't get to focus on the things I was passionate about, and what keeps bringing me to this place, and, and uh, ultimately, in like I said, my dream role is. I found what I'm passionate about. I love doing it. And that's what what keeps me driven. So that's what I always, that's what I would tell my younger self. That's why I tell anybody coming out of school. You know, I know there's a lot of startup companies that entice you with alternative benefits and we lit, you know, and uh, it's a different generation out there. But again, don't look at the ping pong table. Don't look at the dollars. Don't look at the working from home thing. Find what you're passionate about. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I in hearing you talk about the construction industry and and helping you know small to medium sized companies or, or people do better things, I can certainly hear the passion in your voice, and I, I I can see that you walk the talk on that one. So thank you, Matt. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. And yeah, if anybody who sees this wants to reach me, connect to anything, you can reach me. And Abel's A B E L E S at abc.org. I said, I'm here to help the industry and I'm happy to make time for anybody that's interested in talking to me about any, anything I can help with. All right. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, appreciate it. I want to thank everyone for listening to Specify today. Also, want to thank the listeners who are working hard each day to change the world to make it a better place. If you know anyone, anyone that would benefit from this episode, please pass it along. And finally, make sure you subscribe to hear upcoming episodes. Talk to you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.